Sweet soul journeyer, kindred wayfarer, spirit wanderer, I see your light. Blissful stranger in your eyes, a familiar universe shines in my dark night. We are one, one same forgotten, passed from a star seed, one light unbound. My evolution stems from your soul dance, and in my sacred change, your soul is found. Like mirrors in time, and until we meet again, my spirit knows we are one yet two. And in gratitude I send my deepest love, for I am only seen because of you. Hey there, welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast that highlights the best conversations happening on the internet every single week. My name is Brendan Bigley. I am the resident internet boy here at Anchor. Uh, just a quick reminder, Anchor is the best way of creating and sharing audio onto the internet. Uh, in fact, that poem you just heard was written and recorded by Chris Ann, who has a website at chrisann.com with a hyphen in there. Uh, and the music you're actually hearing right now is written and recorded by Ivan Gomez. Uh, we've had an influx of musicians joining and sharing originals and covers and stuff recently, which is super rad. What you're about to hear are a bunch of waves pulled right from the app. Uh, you'll hear a guy named Bernie talk about the nostalgia he feels surrounding a house he's about to move out of. Chase Parker will ask questions about the next iPhone and what we really want from it. But first, let me hand it off to our community manager, Natalie, who finally answers a question that I've always wanted to know, which is, why are there so many ties in Olympic swimming? So I just learned a pretty interesting fact that kind of blew my mind, and I thought I would share it with the, with the rest of you um, to kind of kick things off for the week and also just to, you know, spread the knowledge. So if you've been watching Olympic swimming, which I certainly have, you may have noticed a trend that there seem to be more ties in swimming than in other sports. For example, on Friday for the 100-meter butterfly, we saw a three-way tie for silver with between Phelps, Leclo, and Czech. Well, according to an article that I read this morning on Deadspin, it turns out that there is a very specific reason for that. And it's specific to swimming uh, more so than any other kind of race, for example, bobsled racing or speed skating. It turns out that even though we are technically capable of timing someone down to the millionth of a second, the physical dimensions of a pool would not allow for a fair judgment of someone's time based on even a thousandth of a second. That's because it is nearly impossible to construct a concrete pool that could not potentially vary in length from lane to lane by less than three centimeters. It's for that reason that Olympic regulations allow for a three centimeter tolerance in terms of differ difference but from lane to lane. And maybe the craziest part is that the reason that we can't guarantee that variance between lanes in a concrete pool depends on factors like ambient temperature and the temperature of the water itself and even if there are people inside the pool. So that's crazy. Let me know if you think that's crazy too. <laughs> J-Mac. That's actually really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Now I wonder why they haven't come up with adjustable like walls that can adjust in angle and distance 
based on the discrepancies with the measurements of the time of day or whatever affects that distance. Curious to uh, see what kind of technologies they're working on to, to, to combat that. That's really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. I wonder if you've lived in a house and then missed some of the, the nice characteristics of the house. I've lived in a house in the rolling hills of the Golden Vale of Tipperary, County Tipperary, Ireland, along the River Shore, S-U-I-R is how you spell it. And now if I went outside, you'd feel the ambience of the place. It's blowing wind today, high winds in excess of 20 miles an hour, and they hit the trees. The trees are 90 to 120 feet tall. Oak trees that are 200 years old at the end of the driveway we have. It's a driveway that's um, out of crushed gravel, and it's nice. I'm going to miss the trees. I'm going to miss the gravel of all things. I'm going to miss the horses, the thoroughbred horses in the back garden. I'm going to miss the equestrian fences that surround the one-acre plot that we have here. I'm going to miss the free-range living that we have. We can kind of room for a good mile and a half without seeing another car or another person. But we'd see a lot of horses. Anyway, such it is. My life. I'm going to miss this stuff. We're moving into town from a nice pastoral farming landscape, and I'll miss it. Come back out and listen to the trees on a windy day again. Bring back this good memory. How about you? You miss any sounds or characteristics of an old house you, you, you once lived in? Kevin. Hey, Bernie. Oh my God, you make it sound so beautiful. I can almost see it in my mind. It's funny that you mentioned the sound of trees because this is something I actually miss, and I still live in the same house. Um, uh, the house next door to me used to have, when I first moved here, a giant oak tree in the back. And um, I live uh, somewhat near the beach. And literally every day at around uh, 3 o'clock, uh, the sea breeze kicks in really hard like clockwork and the tree in the backyard next door used to have this incredible sound. I used to refer to it as nature's wind chime. Anyway, the, uh, uh, the house got sold and the new owners cut the tree down and my backyard has never been the same. I don't go back there as much as I used to. I miss that tree and the sound of it so much. Hey, it's Jason. Hey Bernie, I miss having a balcony. Uh, my old job had this place for a year, and it was amazing. You could feel the breeze, have a conversation, enjoy a cup of coffee. Around winter and holidays, it was perfect because you got all the sights and sounds of just Christmas and Hanukkah, just holidays in general, and all the lights. And I really do miss it. Pretty sure the next place I move will have a balcony. Yeah, balcony. Claudia Jerowitz. Hi, Bernie. I'm so happy that I stumbled across your wave and I was able to listen to all those great memories people were sharing here. Wow, that's really nice. And at the same time, that reminded me of my childhood house. I grew up in a location where we have very close proximity to big lakes and even bigger forests. Um, it was great because every free time we had, we were just riding our bicycles 
and to get by the lake or go to the forest and just, you know, sneak peek the wild nature. It was incredible. And now when I'm thinking about that, just to be close to the nature and yeah, the sound of the trees. Wow. I still have that sound in my head and it's, it's, it's moving. It's moving. It's, it's beautiful. And I'm so happy that uh, it's part of me now. Hey, what's going on, Anchor? Um, wanted to hear what people are thinking about the new iPhone coming out, or just kind of new phones in general. Um, it seems these are kind of developed, you know, close to two years out with planning, and word from inside Apple is with the new iPhone 7 that making it thinner, taking out kind of the headphone jack or whatever it may be. But some of the quotes were that people are not interested in having more battery life and they'd prefer other features. Now, I could see them saying this if they're planning the phone a year or two out, but it's amazing to think what happened in the last six months with phone usage and how much that's changed and how that affects battery. Snapchat itself has, you know, a lot of us have been on it for over three years, but it really blew up in the last, call it around Christmas, in the last six, three months or so. Um, and that uses a ton of battery life, people constantly on that. And then a more recent phenomenon being Pokemon Go and not being kind of the, the end-all be-all of it, but I was reading somewhere that in the first month of Pokemon Go alone, more battery packs were sold um, than in the previous like two years or maybe entire year combined, um, which is a remarkable change in demand of people spending money to want to have more battery power. Now, at what point... Do phones adjust to, hey, people really want the practicality of battery life now with some of these new apps really using power? Or is the system and software kind of coded and changed differently where it doesn't use as much battery, which is still probably less likely? And then phones are so easy to produce now with components just being kind of plug and play for third parties to really compete with Apple and Samsung. Um, does somebody else kind of rise up and really meet the user's demand? Um, just something I was thinking about, something that's changed recently. Uh, I was wondering if anybody else kind of desires more battery life in their phone over other features also at this point. Hey there, it's Scott. Hey, this is a great topic. I don't know what we'll solve here, but I will chime in. I don't know another iPhone user that doesn't have a uh, desire for more battery. Um, we have a lot of video and audio demand now on our devices. Uh, it's becoming the new norm in messaging and sharing. And, uh, you know, Apple asked for this. We get, you know, all the devices. We have cameras on them. We have great audio. So it, you, things are going to progress that way. Uh, we do need more battery. I think the engineers need to step it up and, and maybe have a battery compartment that can be swapped out so that our phones still look the same, but magnetically, you know, it just snaps off and you snap on a new battery. Because I equate battery packs like a stylus, having to have a pen to navigate, having to have an extra battery pack to use your device, ridiculous. So if we can't come up with better batteries, then we need to come up with a better battery solution. So that's it for us this week. As usual, if you are interested in any of the stuff you heard or you have any crazy cool ideas, head over to anchor.fm and download the app and you can respond to all the people you heard from. Uh, or create your own things and maybe you'll be on the podcast. Who knows? 
just like last week, I'm going to leave you with another wave. Uh, this one's by a guy named John Kiddo, who is very excited about the interstate, and I think makes a pretty good point about why we should be pretty excited about the interstate, too. So that's it for me. My name's Brendan Bigley. Have a great week. I love you. Hey, guys. So I just got off the interstate coming home, and I want to do a wave about how freaking nuts the interstate actually is. And it's just something that strikes me every once in a while. And I'm just like, whoa, like this is insane. Like I do not appreciate enough how insane this is. And it's insane in a lot of ways. It's obviously the, the most kind of obvious way is just the raw engineering feat of it all. That we paved and cleared trees and flattened the road and paved and I mean, just all of that to so much land. I mean, just across the contiguous United States. Like, so that's amazing. Um, and then the other amazing part of it is, to me at least, is the fact that we had the public will to actually fund that. And like, we followed through. And I wonder if that, that sort of thing really can only happen during war, like a wartime when the, the public comes together enough to want to make America epic. And so we're, we're, we're kind of willing to fund it with our tax money. Because I think infrastructure projects like the interstate, like, inarguably were worth it. Like, the interstate is absolutely worth every penny we paid for that thing. And I think there are similar infrastructure projects that would be worth it like the interstate. For example, high-speed internet. I think if we got the money to basically, you know, put fiber everywhere in the whole country, like, that would be so worth it and it would pay off, like, tenfold. Like, it would be so worth doing, but I don't think we have the public will to do it. We don't want to pony up the cash. And so that, that's amazing that, to me that, that they were able to kind of get the funds to do it. So anyway, I just think it's amazing and it's astonishing how easy it is to use and how uniform it is and consistent it is across states. And I just want to do a way of just expressing that feeling of awe I have about it. So anyway, I just wanted to share that.